program contains techniques and exercises that can cause physical injury. Individuals involved in the production and those demonstrating their skills assume no responsibility for any injury or damage resulting from the execution of techniques and exercises presented herein. Because I'm the best in the world, even though a lot of you don't like to hear it. I just, it's fact, I'm the best, you know what I mean? I sometimes, I don't want to believe in myself, but it's the truth. I'm the best. Enough with the formality. I think we all know what time it is. It's time for the IC Robot Show with your host, the champ, IC Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, your host, the champ, and I'm still... I'm still not a hero, but I still sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, I think it's going to get so much less week. We got, we got, man, we got a lot of stuff ahead of us. We're going to talk about where I've been, what I've been up to, what's been going on. We're going to talk about the uh, Santa Rosa Comic Con. That was a hoot. That was a hoot and a half. But anyway, let's, uh, let's hear this jam from our dude, Iceberg 13. Hold it now. Hit it. Yo, Iceberg, drop it. For my tender broiled fish, take fish fillets, add salt and pepper. Now the special ingredient, mayonnaise. To add flavor, seal in juices and brown. Mayonnaise, moist and tender every time. Shortcuts from General Foods. Mayonnaise. You were listening to the Icy Robot Show. I can feel your negativity. Quit playing them games. Stop beating around the bush, sucker. Just say my name. All righty, tidy whitey. It is me, your host, the champ. I am. I am back from a bit of a sabbatical. We're gonna. We're just gonna kind of touch upon that for a second. Then we're gonna talk about some other things that are going on. As many, as many of you know, we had another traumatizing time here in Sonoma County, and the. Uh, the weight, the pressure, just the, uh, just, you know, the everything of that really, uh, it really got to me. It, uh, it kind of sucked the, uh, creativity out of my pores and left me a, a ruined husk of a man. So I decided to take to the roads like, like many people before me have, much like Kane from Kung Fu, much like Jules from Pulp Fiction, much like, uh, David Bruce Banner from The Incredible Hulk. I headed out onto the, uh, highways and byways of our of our lovely state to see what I could find, try to find myself, try to find that spark, try to find my smile, Shawn Michaels style, and that, uh, that all went well. I was out there, I had a good time, I walked, I, I did some hiking, I did some trails and stuff, I, I got really into it, man, there was talk at one point of turning this show into trail talk, my, uh, my new hiking show, when that, that could still happen, I've been out there enjoying nature, I, I was having a real yearning for some, some real life, actual factual events, like I needed, I needed to do some real stuff, I needed to, uh, I needed to feel some dirt under my shoes, I needed to see some trees, I needed to see some squirrels, I, I just had to do that stuff, so I, I was out there walking, just trying to, trying to discover myself, I guess, would be, uh, a way to put it, but I, I was walking the dusty roads, I had many encounters with, with violent rednecks, crooked sheriffs, things like that, I had to, I had to help people do this, I had to help people do that, I had to, um, I had to wield my bow staff many times in defense of myself, which is, which is not something I wanted to do, but I will do it if I have to, but that was, that was all in the past, I'm back now, I'm back on the Back in the Earth base, but I am saddened to find out some, uh, some, some terrible news, dude. When I was, uh, out there on the roads, I, I had called Iceberg and I asked him to tell the, uh, the people at Pooptronics that I was going to be, that I was going to be out there. But I, I, I think that the homie neglected to, and I have been placed on suspension for job abandonment. I, 
I've been in contact with my uh, union rep in the vent cleaners local 707, and he he thinks I got a good case to get my job back. But in the uh, in the meantime, I'm not able to access the moon base. I'm not supposed to have too much contact with other Pooptronics employees. That's uh, that is advice from my uh, union rep. He says they don't want to. You don't want to poison the well. You don't want to talk to anyone about any of this that's in any way connected to Pooptronics. But it uh, it uh, sucks, dude, because uh, for the most part, Engineer Emily produces the show. And for the most part, Iceberg produces those DJ bits. And uh, without them around, I, I'm going to have to carry a lot more weight. I'm going to have to do a lot more of it myself, which is, which is not fun. Right now, I'm on the boards. I'm on the ones and twos. And I'm uh, rocking the mic, as it were. I wouldn't say rocking. I'm talking. I'm talking on the mic. I'm doing all these. I'm doing all these things at once. You may have also noticed that MC Kate, MC Kate the Great, is back on the show. I, I had been, uh, I've been trying out a few different Pooptronics personnels when I was um recording the show from the uh, Moon Base. I, I tried out that uh that Japanese intern that we had. I tried out uh an ensign named Chloe. I tried a bunch of different people that worked up there, and I, I didn't honestly feel like anybody was really connecting in the way that I wanted to. And without access to uh without access to Pooptronics personnel, which makes the whole argument moot, I was like, I I gotta find an announcer for the show. I gotta put this all back together. So and who better than MC Kate from the good old uh the good old show that was the show before this show was a thing. I I was able to get a hold of her, and I was able to get her in between records. She's ha- recorded a record on her uh, on her contract with Wild Pitch, but um, she's kind of in between projects right now. And she was more than happy to come back and do some announcing for me. And I am more than happy to have her back, man. She's she's one of the all time greats. I hope to get the uh, the whole mess with Pooptronics. I hope to get that all all fixed up pretty soon. But I I don't know. I definitely don't want to have to like get a lawyer or do any of that silly stuff. I'm hoping that, I'm hoping that the union dude from the, uh, vent cleaners local can just talk to them and work it out. But you never know, man. You never know how these things go. These, these workplace problems sometimes turn out to be bigger to-dos than you, than you would have wanted them to be. And, uh, then there's, there's also, there's also this. You, you might remember before, before my hiatus, we, we being, uh, me and Iceberg and Emily had, uh, talked about assisting this alien dude in rescuing his family from a uh, Corinthian army outpost. Well, they went ahead and did it when I was gone. They they went ahead and they they called in like Doug McCoy and they called in like Vic Sage and the projectionist and all these guys and they went ahead and they they saved the alien dude's family. Turned out they were all all plant based and they were inside of flower pots and they grabbed the seed pods and they grabbed the pots and they escaped and everything went off went off without a hitch. It was it was amazing from what I understand and from what else from what I understand the uh, engineer Emily is a little a little annoyed at your boy for not being there when the uh, when the action went down and I gotta. I gotta apologize for that, Emily, for listening right now. I hope that you are. I, I don't want you to be steamed with me. I, I definitely wanted to go, and I apologize for, for hitting the open trails, but I, I needed the time to get my head straight, and I, I was always available. At any rate, I had my phone with me. You could have called me. You guys could have picked me up. I would have, I would have went on the uh, lightning strike rescue op if you, if you had reached out, but, um, she's, she's pretty steamed at me from what I, what I gather, but I, I think that that'll, that'll blow over eventually. I, I, I'm happy that the mission went off without a hitch, which is, which is amazing. From what I, what I hear, the projectionist, like, teleported somebody, and, uh, Iceberg blew away a few guys, and Emily kicked somebody right in the face and knocked them out, and it was, it was all awesome. I, I was supposed to be manning the uh, rear defense on the Callisto flyer. Like, we were going to go up in there, and then we were going to bounce quickly. And I I was supposed to be on the back cannons. They they replaced me with Doug McCoy. They uh, they called him up on um, on Voxer, and he was more than happy to go. So that that all turned out great. I understand dudes have great, um, great rear gunner. Good old Pastor Doug from Crazy Creepy Cool Movies. Good old Vic Sage and the projectionist from... Uh, Pop culture retro-rama from, uh, Saturday Frights, from all that good stuff. It's nice, nice to get your support, the support from, uh, from your dude. I also, also understand they reached out to a Ferg from the Atari 2600 Game by Game podcast, but, uh, dude couldn't make it because he was, he was playing Scrabble that day. It was his Scrabble night, but it's fine. 
it all went off without a without a hitch. So you know, one less person means more fuel efficiency in the end. I guess no worries, Ferg. I I'm, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're not mad at you like they are mad at me. But uh, I think let's uh, let's move into the next seg. We've been talking about this uh, interpersonal stuff for a while now. You guys didn't you didn't wait like a month for a show to uh want to hear me talk about about this stuff maybe you did i don't know i have no idea what people want i think that's i think that's evident by the content i put out all right here we go in a moment at the movies without ebert cisco or even that dude roper but you've got icy robots so that's something right i have seen a ton of movies since the last time we spoke i think the last movie that we spoke about was the joker and i know i've seen at least like 10 movies since then so what we're gonna do right now we're gonna play a little catch up we're gonna have a Lightning round. Go! Lightning round. Now that I look at the record, I think that the last movie we actually saw together was Zombieland, which I which I did not like. I saw Gemini Man, the uh, the movie with Will Smith. It was actually better than I thought. I'd give it three mics. I saw this this super kooky movie called The Lighthouse with the new Batman, Rob Pattinson. I I thought it was dynamite. I saw the Dolomite movie. On Netflix, I thought that was fun. I gave it 3.5 mics. Oh, I gave The Lighthouse, I gave that a solid four mics. I saw a movie called Current Wars. It was about a, uh, it was about Tesla and Edison and Westinghouse. I thought it was okay. It was, it was a bit long, a little bit boring, but it was really well put together. Three mics. I saw a movie called Black and Blue, which, if I remember right, was a, uh, about a cop who witnesses a murder and gets it recorded on her body cam or something. A, uh, a murder by another cop, and then they they go after her. I think that's what that was. If I if I remember right, I thought I liked it. Then I saw oh three mics. Then I saw Jojo Rabbit. That was the latest by um, Taika Waititi. It's it's pretty wacky, dude. He plays Hitler in the movie, and the whole thing is played as a comedy. I remember not liking it all that much. Like I thought it was laughs and stuff, but I I don't know. I don't want to normalize. I don't want to laugh at Hitler, but still, nonetheless, I gave it a solid three mics. Then I saw Midway, the war movie. I went to see this one with my uncle. He really, really wanted to go check it out. And I'm like, hey, man, whatever, dude, I'll go if you want to, if you want to go. So we went and it was fun. I, I actually liked it a lot, lot, lot more than I thought I was. I thought it would be like some kind of Michael Bay kind of thing, but it was, it was all right, even though it was a bit Michael Bay. Then I rented a DVD called At the Drive-In. It is a, it's a story about this one last surviving drive-in, and I believe Pennsylvania, and they're fighting to stay afloat. It was fantastic. I gave it four solid four mics. Then I saw Good Boys, the comedy Good Boys. That was uh, written, not written, I think it was produced by Seth Rogen. It was all right. I didn't think that I would like it that much, but I did in actuality like it a bit. I gave it a three mics. Oh, then I saw Charlie's Angels. Me, the wife, and the kid all went to see Charlie's Angels. If you do not know, I'm a giant. I'm a giant Kristen Stewart fan there. I said the engineer nerd. I I think she's one of the best in the game right now, and it was kind of fun to see her get out of her shell and do something do something a bit action-y. I liked it, even though the movie was not really all that good at all. She was a she was a shining light in it, as she is in all of our all of our lives. And I went to the theater, and I saw The Irishman, the latest Martin Scorsese three-and-a-half-hour epic. Man, it is long. And there was, like, there was, like, crazy super wind that day. You could hear it, like, literally rattling the theater. So the whole thing, the whole thing was weird. The, the faces, the face technology they used on the characters in the movie, I thought that was... I thought that was a bit weird, too, but I I thought it was well-written, well-put-together, of course, well-acted. It was great to see Joe Pesci again. I liked it. You gotta, you gotta sit and watch it all in one sitting, dude. It's not, it is not a miniseries. Then I saw Wild Rose. I rented this one at Joe Video. It's the story of an Irish girl who's trying to make it in the, uh, in the country world of Nashville. It stars, it stars this gal, Jessie Buckley who is a superstar. She's a superstar of the future. Write that down. I gave it four mics, one of the best movies I saw all year. Then I saw another Netflix movie called The Laundromat, the latest from Steven Sodenberg. Isn't that weird? The latest from Steve Sodenberg, the latest from Scorsese are both on Netflix. I thought The Laundromat was okay. It's a, 
It's a story about the, the Panama Papers, the Panama Papers leaks. I enjoyed it. Then I went to see Knives Out, the uh, latest from Ryan Johnson. It's a murder mystery. It has Chris Evans. It has Michael Shannon. It has Ana de Armas in it. It's it's a lot of fun, and the whole thing is laid out for you, and if you follow along, you can solve it, and that makes the whodunit fun. I I did not solve it myself, but I, I think other people may have. There are some clues. It was it was pretty cool, man. There we have it. We did it. Lightning round! And... The Jeffersons, Alice, and Trapper John M.D. will return next Sunday at their regular times on most of these stations. This week, Lionel is going to talk about a comic show he went to like a month ago. Yep, that much is true, but just, you know, sit back, enjoy yourself. It'll be, it'll be a hoot, dude. It might have been a month ago to me, but to you, it might as well have been yesterday because you're not here in Santa Rosa, unless maybe you are. I know some of you are, but I don't know if any of you went to this, so it'll, it'll be all new. It'll be all fun. It'll be all fresh. The The show that I am talking about, and if you have been listening for a while, if you've been checking out the show, you know that I love nothing more than going to a comic book show. I like I like going to a place where I can be surrounded by collectibles, where I can be surrounded by comics, where I can be surrounded by other, other like-minded nerds. It's a safe haven. It's just, it's something I've been doing for, I don't even know, man. I've been doing this forever. I just, I love a comic show. I travel up and down the Bay Area checking these different shows out. And when I found out there was going to be one in my beloved Santa Rosa, you know that your dude was gonna be there. The show, of course, that I am talking about is the first annual Santa Rosa Comic Con. This is not to be confused with the North Bay Toy Con or the Santa Rosa Toy Con or whatever it is that the name of the show that I've been going to for the past few years here in Santa Rosa is called. It is not that. This is a, this is an all new, all fun, all exciting thing. If you recall a, uh, a few months back, I went to a show where I saw the cast of the, uh, the Walter Hill cult film, The Warriors, and I, I talked all about that. Well, this show is put on by the same cat who put that show on, and in many ways, it's a, it's a very similar experience. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm saying it is just a, it is just the thing. The first annual Santa Rosa Comic Con was a small show. It was an intimate affair at a at a hotel here in the uh, Railroad Square area of Santa Rosa. Railroad Square is a historic district of Santa Rosa. This is where the train used to go through. And like, I don't know if it carted off passengers or I don't know if it carted off grapes or lumber. I have no idea. But this is... This is like this historic, old-timey part of town. There's a, uh, there's a coffee shop called Aromas that all the teens hang out at. There's a bunch of neat thrift stores, and there's a bunch of neat antique stores. This is where, um, the, uh, what is the name of that toy store? The Android's Dungeon? No, the Batcave. This is where the Batcave is located that I go to every, uh, Every once and again to pick up dollar comics or, like, off-the-wall figures or whatever. It's a, it's a fun store, but over... Over near there, there's also a few, like, businessman hotels, I would call them, like, Hilton's, like, travel inns, things like that for, like, out-of-town businessmen. I don't know what kind of out-of-town business there is in, um, my town, but this is where, this is where you would stay if you went to one of these things, and I've never really had an occasion to go to any of these hotels, so when I saw that the show was there, I thought that was, I thought that was kind of fun, at least. It's always kind of neat to go into a part of your town that you've never, never, not, never, never even once been inside of. The The admission to the show was, uh, I believe it was $10 per person. This was, this was a while back, and I apologize for that, but I've been, I've been on hiatus, I've been walking the earth, I've been dealing with, uh, some depression and stuff, and this, this has all kind of been pushed to the back of my mind, I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to pull it out. I believe the admission was, uh, was $10, there was some kind of a nominal parking fee, which was, which was whack, but I understand that everybody, everybody's gotta try to get theirs when the getting is good, and if you're gonna put on a show, you're gonna have to pay for parking, you're gonna have to pay for everything, and it's just, it's just the way that it was. The show was segmented into, I believe, three different rooms. There was one giant, uh, 
when I say giant, take that with a grain of salt. It was just the uh, biggest room of the three. There was one big, one big vendor room that was split off with two thirds of it being vendors, like you know, used comics and new stuff and pop vinyls. And then there was like one third of the room for the uh, celebrity guest. And then there was like another room that they were doing panels in. And then there was another, like another small vendor room. And then there was like an outside area where people were doing like cosplay and hanging out and doing pictures and all that stuff. You know, you know how those cosplay dudes like to hang out and let people uh, get their photos. It was, this was the area. It was outside by the pool. It was pretty, was there a pool? You know, I don't, I don't actually think there was a pool there. I think it was just a courtyard with like chairs and and things like that. But at any rate, that's where, that's where everybody was hanging out. I, I did have a good time. I don't want anybody to, um, to think otherwise. But the show, the show was a bit small. It was a bit, um, I don't want to say rinky dink, but it was a bit rinky dink, but that's not a bad thing necessarily. There's nothing wrong with like a small time comic show because you can still, you can still find good stuff, dude. All it takes is like, one vendor to have one thing that you've been looking a long time to find, and it's all worthwhile. Now, this didn't happen there for your dude, sadly. I didn't find anything that I was really, like, clamoring for, but that's that's okay, because I had I had a good time. This is um, a little small bit of a bummer. The, the kid and her gal pal have come to, like, 18,000 comic shows with us. They've gone to comic shows all the way up and down the Bay Area. It's just something that we that we do together, and I, I invited them along, because I thought it would be fun, but then when we got there, it was, it was so rinky-dink that they, they did hang out, they hung out for like an hour, a couple hours, but they ended up, they ended up bouncing, and it was, it was sad a little bit, because her gal pal got into cosplay, she dressed as, um, a video game character of some sort, and the, the kid wore her uh, geeky attire, and she invited like a few, a few people that she knew from the band at school, and they were, they were all looking forward to it, and then it turned out to just be, like, one main vendor room, and they, they walked around it a few times, and they did stuff, but they weren't interested in any of the panels, or any of the, uh, celebrity guests, or whatever, and they just, um, they recently all went to this big show in Sacramento called SAC Anime, that's, like, Northern California's biggest anime convention, they're into that, like, you know, that weeb anime scene and stuff, and they went to that big show, and they had a hoot and a half there, so when they, when they came to this, I do have to admit, they were a bit disappointed, and it's always, it's always kind of sad to see somebody that you invited to something be disappointed by the thing that you invited them to. Let's, uh, let's take a quick look at some of the, um, celebrities that were at the show this year. They did a good job of trying to bring people into Santa Rosa, which is always, which is always nice. Uh, Tim Bradstreet, the comic book artist, he did some work on New Avengers that I thought was really good. I think that the keynote star of the entire thing was Eric Roberts, famous Hollywood superstar Eric Roberts, who you might know from, like, I don't know, man, any any number of things. He was in The Dark Knight. He's just, you know who Eric Roberts is, dude. He's, uh, he's Julie Roberts' brother. He was, he was at the show. I saw him sitting there. He seemed like he was really nice. People were coming up and talking to him, and I, I can definitely appreciate that. I, I get very torn at these things, I, I am not the type that's gonna pay for an autograph or, like, a photo, I, I'm just not that guy, but, um, I, I, I see him sitting there, and I don't know if you're allowed to go up and approach them, or just, like, go up and say hi, even, even if the table's empty, I'm still, like, I don't, I don't want to bother people, I figure if I'm not a paying customer, I'm not gonna go up, and I'm not gonna bother you, but it doesn't seem like, it doesn't seem like other, other people have that, that problem, because I was, I was watching him just, like, chit-chat with people for the longest time, for a while I was looking through this box of comics, and I had, like, I had a straight-ahead view, I could see Eric Roberts sitting there, and people were just coming up, and they were saying hi, and they were doing whatever, but I, I don't want to bother somebody if I have no intention of buying anything. I think, like, they're there to make money, dude. They're not there to hang out, you know? And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to interfere with that. I don't want somebody who might be coming up to buy a picture, see me there, and decide not to, because, you know, because I'm so gross, or whatever. Brent Anderson, the comic book writer-artist, he did the, uh, I think he'd be most famous for doing X-Men. God loves, man kills. He was there, uh, Mark Bodie, who is an artist on Mutant Ninja Turtles, was there. Eliza Roberts, who has been in, she's been in a bunch of things. She's an actress, she was in Animal House, she was on Doctor Who, she was in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures. Also, the, uh, the local creature feature posse was there. I see these guys at just, like, every single, every single show that I go to. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm saying they're out there 
They're out there hustling. They're trying to get the Creature Feature name out there. The the Creature Feature show around here is on the channel called KOFY Coffee TV 20. It's on Saturday. I, I try to watch at least a little bit of it every week. I want to... I want to support these guys. They're doing something neat. It's been too long that the Bay Area has been without a uh, creature feature show. This is where the uh, whole creature feature idea started. The Bay Area with, like, Bob Wilkes and all that stuff way back in the Ferg. And it's nice. It's nice to see the homie Vincent Van Dahl, the homie Tangella, the homie Livingston taking up the, uh, taking up the mantle on a... On a side note, the actor who does the uh, Vincent Van Dahl character lives near me. Not not necessarily near me, but we shop at the same Safeway out on Calistoga Road. And I see the dog over there all the time, getting carrots, getting peas, getting cucumbers, getting Brayburn apples, whatever. Whatever it is that he gets. I see the dog over there, and it's nice, man. He's a cool guy. I've talked to him a few times. Really, really friendly guy, even without his Vincent Van Dahl makeup and setup. He's still... He's still a dead ringer for, for Vincey Van Dahl. So um, if you ever see him around Santa Rosa, you can't miss him. I see, I see dude all the time. He's, he's a nice guy. And the um, to me, the most interesting guest in the only panel that I attended the, the entire time we were there was um, comic book colorist Steve Olaf. You might know him. He's doing some work for uh, Grant Morrison's Green Lantern now. But the dude is like, he's an absolute legend. Of the comic book game. He's one of the first dudes to get into digital coloring. He's been in this for just forever. And I did not know that the homie was from the Santa Rosa area. I I was pretty stoked to see that. When we when we got to the show, his panel was starting like right around the time that we walked in. So we did like one loop around the vendor room and then right into the Steve Olaf panel. And I I got to say this, in all sincerity, in all the comic shows I have ever gone to in my life, this may have been the single most interesting panel. The dude has been around the game for so long that he was able to like, he was able to break it down from the beginning all the way up to the present. He also teaches, he teaches the art of coloring to kids and to other grown-ups and such. And he... He was able to break it down in a way that was just, it was so easy to understand. And it was so nice and it was so fun. A lot of times when you go to these panels, they're not like, they're not TED Talks. They're not lectures. They're they're Q&As. And if people don't have questions, it like, it just kind of falls apart. But the dude had experience as a teacher. So right from the jump, he was able to, he was able to break it down and give you like a master class in the history in the art of coloring. I recorded the whole thing with my mini recorder and I'm going to put it up for patrons in a couple days after this goes up. And if you are, if you're a patron over at supportthereport.com, that's the Patreon, please, please consider joining up over there. If you are a Patreon, when I put this up, give it a listen, dude. It's like 45 minutes and it is so informative. If you have any interest in comic books, comic book history, I... I gotta recommend this one from the bottom of my heart. Here is a, uh, here's a small sample from that, and then we will be back in a sec. Let me, uh, let me cue that up. One moment. Here we go. Now, um, can I have a show of hands? Do you know who Steve Ditko is? Yes. Now, Steve Ditko was the guy who, along with Stan Lee, created Spider-Man. I heard about this guy, Jim Shooter, who eventually became the, the editor-in-chief of Marvel who started selling scripts to uh, DC Comics on Legion of Superheroes when he was 13 years old. So I started writing and sending him scripts. To, not, not to DC or Marvel, but a small company called Charlton, who, who created, he created Captain Adam, the Blue Beetle, and the Question, all of those characters, you know. And, and so I sent him to and the editor, Dick Giordano, who was later on to DC, Apparently, got tired of me sending this 13-year-old, 14-year-old kid sending all these stories in, and they're piling up on his desk. And I think he gave them to Steve Ditko, because out of the blue, I got this package from my hero, Steve Ditko. And it was unlike any package that I, I'm betting you I'm the only kid in the world that he sent something like this to. And what it was, he sent me a seven-page hand-printed letter where he talked about all sorts of stuff. And then he sent me a script from Creepy Magazine so I could find, he wanted to show me the, the form for a good script because I was just writing a single space on my little typewriter and going nuts with it. And then he sent me a fanzine that was a prosy by a guy named Wally Wood, Whitson. 
number four, and had a Mr. A story in it. He sent me, then he sent me a question comic book. And then to cap it all off, there was this little tiny pamphlet about this big, maybe eight, 16 pages. It was called A Textbook on Americanism by Anne Rand. Steve Ditko was such a weirdo, such an amazing creator, but also such a weirdo. Those those things frequently go hand in hand, as we know, but not always. Sometimes people are just like complete and total weirdos, but they don't actually like give anything back to society. They just they just sit around and they yell or whatever. But uh, Steve Ditko was the good kind of weirdo, even though he did send an Ayn Rand book to a kid. I don't know. I don't think there's anything wrong with sending just about any kind of a book to a kid. I mean, if you want to if you want to be a kid and you actually want to read like an actual factual book, I'm I'm all for it. And, you know, there's there's exceptions. But at, at, at any rate, that panel was amazing, man. It was it was just like wall to wall packed with info. If you're a patron, I I definitely recommend giving that a listen. It should be up tomorrow, maybe the next day after you hear this. If you hear this on the uh, on the day that it comes out, it'll be up there. Don't worry. I I got it all remastered. I got it all set. I just have to do the actual um uploading and that's that's all fairly easy. Very very good, very in, informative stuff. And it was it was kind of unexpected too because you never know what you're going to get when you go into a panel. Sometimes it's just not really all that informative, but this time, man, I was I was blown away. The dude's experience as a teacher made it all the uh, all the more exciting. That was the only panel uh, that I that I took in while I was there. I think the Creature Feature Posse was doing one, and I am actually not sure. Besides that, I'm, I'm I'm really like I'm digging back deep into the memories because it was just like it was just like one day a few moons ago. So I'm. I'm trying to pull it out. I didn't get up on, uh, like, a ton of stuff while I was there. I hit up a few comic vendors. There were a fair amount of actual comic vendors at this show. A lot of times you go to these shows, and they're more just, like, they're, like, pop culture shows. You see a lot of pop vinyls. You see a lot of, like, plushies and Pokemons and stuff. And that's that's all cool, man. I'm I'm not knocking it. I like all kinds of geeky stuff, but I do enjoy it when there are... At least, like, one or two or three vendors with just tables with uh, long boxes on them. I love, I love digging through a long box. And there were, I think, maybe, like, four or five different dudes who all had long boxes full of stuff. There was one guy who had a bunch of stuff, as well as uh, magazines. He had Starlog magazines. This is one vendor that I have seen at, I'm not even kidding, a dozen different shows around the uh, up and down the Bay Area roads. I... I like this guy a lot. He brings magazines, usually. Just, like, boxes and boxes and boxes of bagged magazines. Like, Wizard Magazines, Toy Fair Magazine, Tomart Toy Collectors. All those, all those, like, 80s and 90s collector magazines. And they're all in order. They're all bagged. And everything is a dollar. Whenever I see this guy, I go home with, like, a giant, a giant stack of uh, Toy Fairs, Wizards, all those... All those magazines that I enjoy, they're good for research. They're good for, they're good for learning stuff, even if the news isn't up to date. They'll always have, like, the entire history of, let's say, the Silverhawks. And these things are, these things are crucial if you're a collector. I, I like that guy a lot, but this time he only had Starlogs. He had tons and tons and tons of Starlogs. And I like Starlog, too, but I, I have a pretty fairly sized collection of Starlog magazines right now that I have to get through. So I can't bring any... I can't bring any more home until I get through some of these. I say that like, like that's some kind of a rule that I, that I stick to. But he was there. The, uh, guys, I sometimes talk about their brothers, their twin brothers. I see them at the flea market sometimes. They seem like they're really cool guys. They had a table and they had a bunch of cool toys. They have a pretty good, pretty good collection of, uh, 70s toys. And then they have this other homie that wears a cowboy hat, and this guy's cool too. One time we were at the we were at the bar, the Veterans Building Bar on a 48 flea market. We were getting a Bloody Mary, which is which is a nice way to start the day. We were getting the, the Bloody Mary, and I saw a homeboy come in and get a Jack and Coke and walk out at like 8 in the morning. I'm like, that guy knows how to live, man. And he went out and he, he bought some comics. But he was there. He has a pretty good collection of like 70s and 80s comics that he, he brings out to the flea market every once in a while. Everything's a dollar. For the most part, I've gotten up on like a million unknown soldiers, like a million sergeant rocks from this guy. So I, I appreciate him a lot. I'm happy every time I see him. He has a spinner rack 
for sale right now. I think he wants 150 for it. And I I want it every time I see it, but I just do not have the space in the Earth Base office for a spinner rack. That needs that needs like a fair amount of dedicated space because I feel like you gotta be able to get all the way around it. Like you need like the 360 degree access to the spinner rack. When I say spinner rack, I mean one of those racks you used to see in like uh, department, not department, those drug stores or whatever, where they would have the comics, the monthly comics, and they they spin around. And on top, they usually have a sign that says like, hey kids, comics. Some people call them squeaky racks. I've heard that. I've heard that too. I'm looking around the office right now and I definitely don't have the space to dedicate to something like that. But I, I do like it. It's a bit out of my price range as far as stuff. But if you looked at it like a piece of furniture, then it may be worthwhile. I've, I've considered buying it for just future use. Like, I could just keep it out in the garage, and um, at some future date, I could bring it into the house and put it to a good use or something. I don't know, but I I haven't done that yet. But every time I see it, man, I, I, I covet it. I picked up a few books from them. I got I got the uh, Harley Quinn, the Terry Dodson Harley Quinn run. I got two, three, four, five, six, and seven. I got those each for a dollar. I was pretty... I was pretty jazzed on that. I have them. I read them when they came out. I... I was an early Harley Quinn adopter. I realize she's like a giant star now, but I was, I was a pretty early adopter, and I I got in on um her first series when when Terry Dodson, who's known for drawing, let's just say voluptuous women. I would think that's his, that's his trademark. He's a like a Frank Cho, sort of real, real uh real artist amongst men. But he he did that, and I I was way into that when it came out. I had the um the entire run of that, but I was. I was happy to pick up backup copies of these ones. The covers are great. The covers are fantastic. Google uh, Terry Dodson, Harley Quinn. If you're if you're at your computer right now, and you'll you'll get an idea of what I was talking about. I got that, and then I got like a few books to read. I I'm always down to pick up like a dollar comic or like a two for a dollar comic. I'll I'll give them a read, and then I have a box out in the garage, and I just um I go through it every once in a while and take them all out to the uh, the little library. In front of the house. That's where, that's where most of the little library comics come from. Just things that I, I bought, wanted to look at, just because I wanted to, uh, just because I want to get something. If you go to a show, you go to the toy store, you go to the comic store, you wanna, you wanna get something. You don't want to leave empty-handed. And I, I'll pretty much read just about any comic book. I'll at least, I'll at least give it a skim over if it's, if it's characters I'm familiar with or it looks cool. I, I don't know. Can't hurt to just like glance over it and then chuck it in the box. So I got. I got up on some of that, and that was good. I was happy. It wasn't, like, the biggest show in the world. And it was a lot of vendors that I've already seen before. So, for the most part, outside of the uh, two brothers and their homies, I I didn't see a lot of things that I hadn't already seen before. There's one guy who has a whole booth where he sells rings that look like that look like WWE championships. For example, you could buy a ring that looks like the, uh, the, um, the old big gold. WCW belt, the one that I think would be most um, associated with, like, Ric Flair or, like, Sting or, like, one of those guys. The one that Hulk Hogan spray-painted NWO across back in the day. They'll have, like, a ring with that on the front or, like, the John Cena spinner belt. Like, a little ring and it spins in the middle. I don't know who's buying these. I, I can't imagine. They also have replica WWF, WWE, rather, Hall of Fame rings in this guy's table. I don't know if they're exact replicas. I've never, never actually seen a Hall of Fame ring. Now that I think about it, the actual factual ring. So I, I don't know if this is a, like a recreation of the exact one or if it's just, just some kind of a replica, but he has a whole bunch of that. And there was a guy who had, he had Star Wars on Laserdisc and I happened to be walking by and I have, I have Empire and I have Jedi on Laserdisc and I want Star Wars. I haven't found it at the thrift. I don't want to, I don't want to pay like real prices for Laserdisc. I want to pay eBay prices. I just want to find them at the at the flea, at the thrift store, or whatever, but um, I want these because this is probably the best version you're going to find of the original cut of Star Wars. Wait, that's not true. There is a DVD release, and they have the um, the original release on the, uh, on the second disc. It's a bonus, a bonus feature. I, I think it's the one that has gold across the top. Don't, don't hold me to that, but the DVD set that has the gold, the gold band across the top, I think, I think has that. But anyway, he had that, and he was talking to some kid. And I, I, I was, oh, I was, I guess I was eavesdropping. I was just sitting there. It was interesting to me. And the, the guy was like, you don't even know what this is, kid. This is called a laser disc. And he goes, what is it though? And he, he showed it to him. He's like, it's like a, it's like a DVD, but it's as big as a record. And the kid's like, 
Wow, a record? That's the kind that you have to play with a needle that has a diamond tip, isn't it right, sir? And the guy goes, you sure know your stuff, kid, or something like that. But I, I liked how he sounded so excited when he was talking about listening to like a vinyl LP and how you have to use a, uh, a diamond tip needle to uh, get the sound to come out. He sounded pretty, pretty jazz. That was one of the um, better, better uh, conversations I overheard that day. I think that's about it for memories of, of, of the show. There were other things that happened. Oh, this is interesting. I don't know if it's interesting or not, but the, the wife and I left. We, we did our rounds. We did everything, and we left. We went over to um, Mambo's and got a slice of pizza. I, I ride or die for Mambo's Pizza. In Santa Rosa during the during the fire, they were one of the few places that was open up during the um the most recent Kincaid fire. A lot of Santa Rosa was blacked out, but the Mambo's Posse went in there every single day, and they made pies, and we ate there a bunch of times. So I ride or die for Mambo's from this day from this day forward. Even though I did I did before, I'm a Mambo's guy. But anyway, we we went to Mambo's and we got a couple slices. One of them was uh, it was sausage and onions, and then we got like a combo with um, it had like it had sausage and like these cheese blooms and all kinds of stuff and like pesto. It was it was really good. It was the uh, the wife's slice. I'm more of a traditionalist, but anyway, we were there and the wife started talking about something that she saw that she wanted a um. A boxed Fisher Price, a little people um, school bus. She saw it there and she wanted it. And she's like, I didn't want to spend, I didn't want to spend like $30, I think is what it was. And I, I told her, I said, look, I, I have $20 left from the show because I didn't buy very much. This was the money that I pulled out like exclusively for the show. I didn't buy a lot. So I'm like, look, I got 20 bucks. You can have it. Here, take it. The, the uh, bus is only 30. So that just means you're really just putting out 10 because this is, this is my money. This is from my, my PayPal account. So we decided to go back to the show, which was which was kind of neat because it was in Santa Rosa and we had the opportunity to go back. So we, we left for like an hour, ate pizza, and then we we went back to the show again. And she picked up this um, this Fisher-Price bus that she wanted. And it's, it's now one of the prized pieces in her uh, Little People collection. She... She loves it. She only only has a few, like, box. She has a boxed um, Sesame Street set. She has two carded vehicles with a vehicle and a driver. I think one's a, one's an ambulance. And now she has, now she has this. So she's, she's pretty stoked on that. One thing, one thing I did note about the show that I thought was a, a, a bit, bit interesting was that I hardly saw any of the uh, Santa Rosa homies that I normally see when I go to Santa Rosa events. I didn't see hardly anybody. The one... The one notable exception was uh, my dude Jerry D. You all, you all know Jerry D. If you're um, a Santa Rosa resident, we're talking about Jerry the Barber, and I, I bumped into him, and he told me that since Comics for the Win, that was a uh, Chris's store that I used to shop at that uh, went down. He said since since Comics for the Win went down, I haven't been buying any monthly comics at all. I'm like, I'm like way behind on my comics, and I'm like, you don't want to go to Outer Plains. Outer Plains is the other store here in town, and he's like. No diggity, dude. No way. That place, that place smells like B.O. And it does. It honestly smells like B.O. And I, I don't think it's the place. I think it's the people that are there. They have, they have a lot of like, you know, Magic the Gathering tournaments and things like that. And there's, there's a heavy smell of a teenage boy in the air when you go there. The comics are good. The prices are fair. The people are nice. Everything's cool. But there is, there is a B.O. smell that floats in the, uh, in the air, and Jerry doesn't want to, he doesn't want to do that, so I, I told him how I subscribe online now, I do my best to keep my money local, but there's no local place for me to get the comics, I'm not going to venture into Otter Plains and smell B.O. every day, dude, if you listen to the This Boring Life about comic shops, you know why I don't like, um, Outer Plains, if you haven't heard that episode, go back and check it out, This Boring Life, um, I forget what episode it was, but it's about comic shops. It's over an hour. It's amazing. Great piece of work. Go check that. Go check that out. So my dude Jerry's been out of the, the new comic game. He just like gave up all these titles that he's been reading for years for lack of a place to go. I was I was really bummed out for dude because that's one thing that Jerry and I have always been able to talk about when we bump into each other. Like what's um what's going up with Spider-Man? Dude's a, dude's a Spider-Man nut. So, so there you have it. That's like my whole day at the uh, first annual Santa Rosa Comic Con. It was cool. I would definitely, I would for sure go again. If they did this again next week, 
I would go. I'm not going to pass up a con, like, in my town. If it's in Santa Rosa, and I don't have to go far, and I get the chance to look through long boxes, I'm going to go, I'm going to do it, it's going to be great. It wasn't as fun as the Santa Rosa Toy Con, which I understand is coming back in June. That was some, uh, that was some hot goss I heard during the, uh, comic show from one of the, uh, one of the vendors there. He said the Santa Rosa Toy Con is coming back in June, and that it might be in the abandoned, um, Sears building in the mall. I don't know if that's true, but that would, that would be cool. But right now there's a furniture store in the, uh, in the Sears in the mall. So I don't know, but I, I do look forward to the return of the Santa Rosa Toy Con. I'm, I'm a big fan of toys. I'm a big fan of cons. I'm a big fan of Santa Rosa. So all those, all those things combined together. Let's move into the final segment of the show. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it is me. We are back. It's the final segment of the show. You should, you should all right now applaud your constitution for making it so far into the show. This has been 45 draining minutes of doldrums and complaints of uh, crazy rants and whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know why you guys stick around, but I definitely, I definitely do appreciate that, um, that you do during, during the hiatus, during the time off, during the, the time I was away and trying to gather myself. We, we were lucky enough to pick up a couple patrons, and I think that's, I think that's amazing, because to me, it kind of shows you guys, you guys do care. I love it when I get a new patron. It makes me feel so good inside. I feel, I feel warm from my heart spreading out all throughout my body. It's great. I feel like I'm, I'm floating above myself right now, looking down. I, I would like a bit more of this, if you guys could. It's really great. Just consider, consider becoming a show patron. Go over to uh, supportthereport.com. That's the, that's the Patreon. You can get in there for as little as a dollar a month, and you get, you get a ton of good shows. Let's talk about the two new cats we got, we got this time around. We got a homie that goes by the name of Scared Stiff. Squared stiff, rather. I I apologize. That's a good play on words. It's so good. It caught me caught me off guard. I I do not know who this is personally. So please please reach out to me just so I just so I can give you a proper shout. So I can shout out whatever it is that uh that you put out there in the world. I would love that. The second is uh is somebody that I actually already know of, and I, I was pretty pretty pleased to get this person as a patron. He's a, uh, he's a character that goes by the name of Mark Alley. He's an author. He's written, he's written a bunch of ebooks you can pick up on Amazon. They're all, they're all great. I have personally read two of them myself, which was so neat for me to get him as a patron because I was way familiar um, with the work. The two books are, um, they're about geeky stuff. They're about nerdy stuff. They're about back in the day. If you like talking about the day, if you like reminiscing about the day, you definitely want to get these two. What is called? I was geeky when geeky wasn't cool, and the other one is uh, "Don't Stop Geekin'." I I like "Don't Stop Geekin'." It has a GI Joe Cobra themed cover. It's really it's really dope. I have both of these in my Kindle, and recently recently I had a bit of a cold. I was I was laid up for a few days. I still have I still have the lingering effects. You know how that goes. But I I was on the couch and I was wrapped in a blanket. And I was sitting there watching TV, and I wanted to I wanted to read something. You know, I wanted to like totally chill. I wanted something that would like Something that would be very cozy, very cuddly, very cold, uh, cold illness, um, relief type stuff. And I, I went through the candle and I found, um, Don't Stop Geek. And I hadn't read it in a, a couple of months. And I, I decided to go through it all again. And I read the entire book start to finish right then and there. And it was, uh, it was a cool man. It was a good experience. It definitely like helped take some of the, uh, some of the, um, the chill out of my bones. It's so heartwarming. That might have been the word I was I was searching for all along. He has this um he has this story about NFL pencils in elementary school, about this vending machine with NFL pencils. And I I also grew up in the Illinois area and NFL pencils were like a giant thing at um Harnew Harnew Elementary School where I went, home of the home of the Harnew Hawks, go Hawks, but uh I, at my school at um Harnew the the pencil everybody wanted was the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers and his tale, his story. Everybody wants the, they want the, uh, the Cowboys, I believe. The Cowboys had like a silvery pencil. People wanted the Cowboys too. Don't get me wrong. That was definitely like a, uh, like a top tier pencils. Maybe we should just break it down, break it down in tiers from what I, from what I recall. You had the Steelers, the Cowboys, 
the Bears, of course. Everybody wanted the Bears. And then the um the Houston Oilers pencil was a uh, was a popular pencil too. I'm trying to think which ones people people didn't want. I didn't I don't think they wanted the Cleveland Browns. It was just Brown. Who wants a brown pencil? Nobody wanted the uh the Packers, dude. They were the they were the bad guys if you lived in the area. Outside of that, I I can't really recall a whole lot. I think I think the top, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had a cool pencil. It was like a like a bright neon orange. And I enjoyed that. But in in his story, they had a vending machine. And you want to read the story, I don't want to spoil it. Go get um Don't Stop Geeking. Uh I was geeky when geeky wasn't cool. Go get them both. And 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 you can follow along in a in a better way. But they had a vending machine at his school, and um, they I don't want to ruin it. But at my school, we didn't have the vending machine. We got them from the uh, the office lady, the lady that was directly in the office. You would go and you'd give her the dime, and she would give you she would give you the pencil, and she kind of based it on like who she liked. It wasn't it wasn't like a fair system, like a random vending machine. This was like. If you were one of the suck-ups, if you were one of the dorks, if you were one of the nerds who hung around with the office lady, volunteered in the nurse's office or whatever, you would get yourself the Steeler's pencil, the much-vaunted Steeler's pencil. If you were if you were a miscreant like your dude, you would end up with, I don't know, the New England Patriots who weren't, they weren't all that like they are like they are now. But when I, when I read the story, man, it brought back some memories. I, I loved it. It was so... It was so great. I hadn't thought about NFL pencils in the longest time. Now I now I want to go on eBay and I want to get me a whole set. I saw I saw a couple the other day. Somebody had like a half-used Cowboys pencil. I think they wanted like 20 bucks, which is which is too much for me. I just kind of want to find I want to find a pack at the dig and use them use them as actual pencils, actual factual pencils. I don't I don't want to start a pencil collection. Maybe I do. Maybe I do want to start collecting vintage pencils. I I don't know. That could be a that could be a good one. Thanks for that, Mark Alley. Now I'm gonna start collecting vintage pencils. But I, I definitely appreciate it, and I definitely appreciate you joining up on Patreon. I hope that I hope that you like the POS. I hope you like the patron show. I hope you like all the fun stuff that's there. If you do, if you so do, please tell a friend. So maybe more kind souls will join up. And uh, I I think that the more people who sign up, the more money that goes into that coffer, the more shows I could put out. I'll I'll definitely feel guilty if there's. Like a million dollars a month in there. I'm going to feel like I have to put out shows every day. So if you want, if you want more, go ahead and uh, donate to uh, supportthereport.com. And maybe, maybe that'll come true. I guarantee you, if you guys are giving me a million dollars a month, I'll do a show every day. I can't guarantee how long it'll be. I can't guarantee how good it'll be. You might, you might just start hearing a descent into madness, but I'll, I'll do something. I'll do something for you. A million dollars a month, guaranteed. I'll do it. I signed up for a subscription network and no. It's not the one that uh that you that you're thinking about. It's not Disney Plus, but I do have Disney Plus as well. I got it free with um with Verizon. I signed up for the uh for DC Universe. This was another thing I did when I had that cold and I, I was sitting on the couch and I wanted to um I wanted to watch Justice League Unlimited, the uh the Paul Dini verse, not Paul Dini verse, the Bruce Tim verse animated show. I wanted to watch that and this seemed like the uh lowest priced place that I could pick it up where it was uh where it was streaming and I I got up on a free week and then I ended up staying. It's it's pretty cool. There isn't like all the everything that's in there the DC's ever done in um in any medium, but it has the Super Friends. It has Batman animated. It has the other Batman animated with um, Nightwing and Batgirl as well. It has the the Batman show that was on. I think it was on Nick Jr. I'm I'm not even sure. It has that. It has the Justice League. It has JLU. It has the old Wonder Woman show. It has all those old syndicated Superman shows like Lois and Clark, um, Superboy, or whatever. It was. It was called, plus it has all of the uh, animated DC movies. Not all of them, but it has a lot, a lot, a lot of DC animated movies. They do a daily news show about DC, which is which is pretty cool. And there's like a bunch of other stuff too. It's not, it's not like a ton, a ton, a ton of stuff. It should, it should have everything. It should have, you know, the Nolan movies, the Keaton movies and all that all that stuff. I realize it's all contracts or whatever, but I I would dig at it if it had just 
everything. Like, I could watch everything. Justice League, Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, all that stuff. But it's it's pretty cool. It's only $7.99 a month. I'm probably just going to sign up for a few months and then then ditch it. They do have a few original shows. They have a show called um, The Doom Patrol that uh, I would say it stars Brendan Fraser. He's a... Uh, He's robot man. I'm I'm a big fan of the Doom Patrol, the uh, the team, the DC Super Team, the the Doom Patrol, and um the the show is adult oriented, which is kind of fun. There's swearing, there's nudity, there's all kinds of all kinds of that stuff that we all love, you know, in a, a superhero show. But it's fun to see like something with um with like a with like edgier content on a on a weekly basis. So far there's only one season. I think I'm maybe like four or five episodes into that and I, I'm liking it a lot. I'm digging it. It's it's a bit surreal. It's a bit weird, but it's it's also fun. There's Robot Man, there's the Chief, there is a cyborg. There's all the all the Doom Patrol luminaries that you that you know and love. They also have a Teen Titans like live action show with Robin and Starfire and Raven. And all those people. I haven't watched that yet. But I, I'm gonna, once I get through this, I'm thinking, in a world where the Mandalorian drops, your dude is subscribing the DC Universe and watching the Doom Patrol. I, I don't know what that says about me. It says I'm dumb. It says I'm dumb and that I have, that I have whack poor taste. But I'm, I'm liking it. They also, they also have comics. And I, I was like, well, that's weird. Who's gonna watch comics on your TV? And then one day I'm sitting there and it occurred to me, no, dum-dum, you're supposed to read them on your tablet. Get the app for your tablet. So I, I did. I have a Kindle, one of the mini Kindles that I that I read things like Mark Alley's book on. I usually buy like these 99 cent ebooks and I and I read them. I also read the Wrestling Observer on there. That's a that's a shout out to Gino Vega. That's how I read the Observer every week. But um I I was like, do you do and I had this, you know, this this like light bulb over my head so I started reading all these comics they put dozens of comics every single week like like new comics on there that you can read on your tablet it's dope I'm gonna I'm actually gonna invest in a bigger one I need like a 10 inch one to really really enjoy this but for $7.99 you're getting so many comics and you get the shows I I I, I dig it I might end up keeping it for a little bit the the comics they have, they have, like, giant archives of older things. They have, like, every old detective, every old Batman, every old action comics. Just all all the old stuff that's, like, ever, ever existed. And then they have, like, a ton of their new, more popular stuff. It's all, by my estimates, six months behind. But that's fine. I'm cool with that, man. It's like just waiting for it to come out on graphic novel. But instead, you have it on your tablet in your house. And you don't got to go down to a... To bo laden outer planes to uh to pick it up. I'm I'm into it, man. I'm into it. It's cool. I do like their their daily news show as well. It's not awesome, but it's it's fun and it is neat that they do it every single dig darn day, even the weekends, which is wacky. They've done like 300 episodes of this so far. You gotta you gotta appreciate the hustle. And the last one I saw, which was. I think it was the day before yesterday's. They're doing a watch along of um, the Birds of Prey, the old uh, WB Birds of Prey show. And then they're they're going over the crisis on Infinite Earth, like episode by episode, issue by issue, rather, in lead up to the uh, Berlantiverse crisis on Infinite Earth, which will be, it'll be in full swing by the time you guys hear this. That comes out on Wednesday. So let's see. It's going to start in, it starts in Batwoman and then it goes into Supergirl then it goes into Flash, then it goes into Green Arrow, and then into Legends of Tomorrow. Is that the proper order? I, I think it is. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I I have not really been as into the Berlanti verse as I have in, in previous years. It's things start to fade, things start to go down, and I do feel like it's going down a little bit. It's still fun. It's still fine. I don't watch Arrow. I watch Flash. I watch Legends. I gave up on Supergirl. I never started on Batwoman, but I'm still I'm still ride or die for the Flash. I still watch that every week and I'm I'm really looking forward to the crisis, dude. It's going to be a big one, but it's also it's also probably going to be the jumping off point for your dude, I think. I might be out unless they think of like some new awesome things to really hook you post crisis. I might be out. I I got a lot of things to watch, man. There's a lot of really great shows out there. I got to get into the uh the Mandalorian. Picard is going to start. Better Call Saul 
is about to start. I don't, I don't know if I got time for these um, silly uh, superhero shows. They're not silly. They're fine. They're fun. I don't want you to think I, I look down at them in any way. I just think, I don't know, man. The quality, the quality has slipped a bit. They, they did lead into the crisis. And I have a feeling the crisis on Infinite Earth is going to be amazing. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to blow our heads off. But I, I don't know, man. The, the allure of watching a weekly superhero show has started to, started to fade. At first, you would just like watch anyone because it was kind of like a new cool thing. But at this point, you got to, you got to put out a super high quality one, like, um, like Doom Patrol, you know, to really, to really hook your dude. All right, dude, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have some real talk. It's all real, but we're going to have to, we're going to have to have a hard conversation right now about this, about the Icy Robots show, about just Icy Robots existence. I, I enjoy doing this. I want to get that out of the way. I enjoy doing this. I have fun. I like talking. I have a lot to say. I like editing even. I like the whole, I like the whole process. I do. I don't want to get that twisted. That's the most important thing to, um, to get out there. I like talking to you guys. I like knowing you guys. I like to think that I'm helping you guys get through, get through the boring, uh, day-to-dayness of the week. But I, I have come to realize that I'm doing this a bit too much for my personal comfort. During, during my time away, during my time out there on the road, during my time in the trails, I, 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 I came to, um, I came to enjoy life in, in a whole new way. The life of having, uh, of having a bit more time. I, I spend a lot of time doing this. I, I think that you guys probably realize that, but I do, I do actually spend, uh, every day time, almost every day doing this. And it's fun. It's great. I've learned a lot about myself. I've, I've developed a whole new set of skills, but I, I do not think that I can maintain the uh, three shows a month. Cause if you take the three shows a month, you add in the patron show, that's a show every week. It's a lot of shows. It's a lot of stuff. I, I think that I'm going to have to knock it down to two shows a month. And I hope that you guys can understand that. But I do think that that, I think that's a schedule that I can very, very easily maintain while also maintaining a, a nice quality of life. I, I really discovered that I enjoy hiking, that I enjoy going out there and doing things like that. And I, I want to spend more time doing that and a little bit less time sitting, sitting in front of a microphone talking to myself, I guess. That's not true. I'm talking to you, but I think you understand. I do... I just need more leisure time. I need more icy robots time. I need more real life time. I, I'm also, and this is a silly thing to say, I'm starting to run out of topics. I, I only like to do topics that require uh, like a minimum of research. Like if I'm just going to like go read Wikipedia and tell you what it says about something, I mean, what's the point? What's the point of that at all? I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy. I want to be the guy who talks about his life and his experiences and things that I, that I know about. Oh, yeah. There is only a finite amount of things that I actually know about, if that makes sense. I know that you guys think that my my intellect is vast and that my my knowledge is infinite, but it's it's sadly not. And I got to admit, I'm starting to struggle to think about things that I can talk about that I that I know about. And I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to start doing a little bit less shows to like stretch these out, which is which is fine. I mean, you guys you guys don't ri- want me reading out of Wikipedia. I don't think. I don't think. If you do, let me know. Maybe I can I can do that and that'll be that'll be a bit easier. But I I just got to pull back. I just got to pull back from from leading this life of uh the public IC robots. And I need to have a little bit more time to spend as the uh as the private IC robots. And that's that's okay, man. I got to I got to stay healthy too. I want to help you guys be healthy, but I myself I also got to I gotta worry about my health. I don't think this is a bad thing. I think you're gonna get two good shows every month, which is nice. That's fine. That's that's enough. There's a world, a world of shows out there to listen to. And I know you like this one. I like this one too. But two a month? Two a month is plenty. Maybe, maybe they'll stretch a bit beyond the hour limit that we're at. I don't know. I I do have a lot to say and I don't know if I'll be able to constrain it to two hours a month. We might, we might, who knows? Who knows? But I hope this is something that you guys can all accept. I hope that it's something you can learn to see. It's probably for the best. It's definitely for the best for me. And at some point, you know, you gotta, 
you got to look out for yourself. I was spending, I, I spent so much time doing this. I spend so much time that I didn't even realize how much time I spend until I stepped away from it. When I stepped back a little bit, I said, golly, you're a bit obsessed. You're becoming a bit obsessed with that. You got to, you got to pull back. You can't have, you can't have your hobbies be your responsibilities. Your hobbies have to be fun. They have to be cool. And this was becoming something I didn't look forward to as much as something that I felt like I had to do. And that's that's no fun. A hobby has to be fun. And as, as much professionalism as I, I try to put into this, this is this is still my hobby. So I hope that I hope that you can accept that. I hope that you can understand that. If not, reach out to me and I'll I'll try to explain it further. I'll try to make it make sense. But um it's going to be a good thing. It's going to be good. I feel like you're going to get more relaxed, more quality, just nicer shows because your dude won't be so stressed, always feeling like I have to do a show. <laughs> I, I'm sure you could understand that. If you guys who don't even ever do a show, you probably you can't even imagine the amount of work that goes into a single show. There's a lot of work involved with this show. I'm sure you can imagine. But um, until next time, I'm going to go. Until next time we speak... And it's going to be in two weeks from now. We're back on a regular thing. It's fine. Two weeks two weeks out of the month is easy peasy, chicken greasy. So until we speak again, this is me, Icy Robot, signing off for, uh, golly, just me and Kate, I guess. If you don't know, now you know. We only have one rule on this team. What is that rule, Twiggy? E-L-E. That's right, E-L-E. What does E-L-E stand for? Everybody love everybody. Everybody love everybody. Right there up on the wall. Hi. If you've got a second, please drop by supportthereport.com and peruse all of the patron-exclusive content available to those who have the kindness, nay, the courage, to toss in a couple of bucks in support of the greatest podcast in the world, the IC Robot Show. It's well worth the time, and on an ethical tip, it's what Captain America would do. Supportthereport.com